This podcast is an Ascension Studios production. It's like, you know, yeah. these, yeah. How, hey mom, like on TikTok, how many, hey mom, how many uh, likes do I need to get a, a PS5? Right. Well, 10,000. You've right. seen these TikToks, right? Right, exactly. God's not like that. Yeah. You're not going to, I'm just here to tell you, you're not convincing God of anything. Mm-hmm. You're not going to wear God down. Hey guys, it's Becca. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Credible Sources podcast. Today's Credible Source is a man named Rick Fike. Rick and I discuss what it can look like to be an unconventional Christian in today's world. Basically, what it looks like to, you know, have a spiritual relationship, how to how it feels to be a seeker and longing for something more and Really, we just start to dismantle what the world wants us to believe about having a relationship with God. So I really think that this is just scratching the surface of this conversation, and we really do cover a lot of ground. So I hope that you can find some sort of value in this. But if you're interested in learning about what Rick has going on, a little bit of a backstory of how he and I met and really getting into some of the things that you normally don't hear people talking about, please tune into this episode and don't forget to to leave a rating here, maybe drop a review and to share this podcast with a friend. Enjoy. Hey guys, I'm here with my friend, Rick Fike. Today, we're going to refer to him as energy drink, Rick. That's right. I, I, I'm preparing for the episode. Hi, everybody. Um, Rick and I have known each other for a few years now. Yeah. And over these past couple of years, I think we've had the opportunity to get to know different versions of each other, and it's been a very dynamic. Yeah, I met blonde-haired <laughs> Becca. Oh, man. And now I have, what, is this dark, like brown hair, Becca, right now? <laughs> Yeah, brunette Becca. Brunette, is that? Brunette Becca. Let's go with that. Got it. Back to my roots, literally. Okay, yeah. So uh, I forgot that I was blonde. Yeah, yeah, you were. Man, that was a season. It was, it was, yeah. Have you ever had red hair? No. Okay, I mean, have you? No. No. I have had, um, I've had uh, the blonde tips, the blonde highlights. Oh, well, who hasn't? Yeah, I mean. Were you a fan of NSYNC? No. Backstreet Boys? No, they were a fan of me. No. I'm kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. There you have it. Yep. (laughs) So if you're local to the community in um, southwestern Pennsylvania and Fayette County, a lot of people, I mean, this is how I met you. A lot of people associate you with Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah. The cable company. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. And as I've, as I've gotten to know you and your passion for video and your skill set in video and things like that, we've kind of evolved a little bit here um, to where you are now. So maybe let's start there because I feel like a lot of our listeners might already have gotten to know if they're like, oh, Rick Fike, like, how do I know that guy? Yeah. It's probably from there. Yeah. I've I've had a lot of exposure in the community. Um, Just been around to a lot of different places, met a lot of really fun, really interesting people along the way. And that was kind of, you know, one of the... (laughs) I miss doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I miss being out in the community. And, um, you know, I have the opportunity coming up to kind of re-enter that avenue um, in, a, in a different capacity, which is really, really cool. But, you know, basically, my position with Armstrong was, uh, my title was producer of local programming. And I was really just a, uh, a guy that was, you know, producing local TV 
and there's a small um, television station that Armstrong actually runs, and they fund it. It's it's all basically to give you the behind the scenes of it. It's a, it's a retention effort for Armstrong. You know, if they have a customer who you know, thinking about maybe going to a competitor, a dish network, a direct TV, something like that to watch Mm -hmm. television. Um, One of the things that Armstrong has in their back pocket is we have this great local content. So uh, that was kind of my job was just produce interesting things Mm -hmm. that highlight the community and air it on TV. And for me, you couldn't get much better, you know, than that because I've, I've loved video production. Um, as long as I can remember, I've loved doing it. And to add the community aspect, and I made so many great friends, including you yeah, and so many others throughout that time. You know, one of my dearest friends was the mayor of Mount Pleasant who just died a, a few weeks ago, Jerry. And, you know, it's, it's those kind of relationships you make and they, they stick with you forever. You know, I'll, I'll never forget Jerry. You know what right. I mean? And that was because of my role with Armstrong. And I, I'm just, you know, so grateful for that. But uh, yeah, so I just, I did all kinds of different programs. You know, we did, um, well, you name it, we did it. We we pretty much nailed everything in the community. Yeah, and I think that that's where you and I, you know, as I'm reflecting, hearing you talk, that's where you and I really met. Yeah. Um, as I, you know, those of you who have followed my story and know that there were times that I would, you know, set up a table at a local community event or whatever, and you were kind of bebopping around and, handling interviews and things like that. And then, you know, I think our biggest, what I'll say, like our, our pivotal moment maybe in our friendship was when you attended my event in New York a few years ago. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for you doing that, by the way, you know, coming and, and, and filming. Yeah. It was basically like a, a side freelance job that I was yeah. able to come out and do. And, um, you know, New York City's always cool, yeah. so that's that's always fun. That's a bonus to get to go. But, um, you know, to kind of get to be a fly on the wall mm-hmm. in, in one of your events, uh, retreats, and, and just to be able to see kind of what you do things, how you do things, um, was neat. I don't know if you remember, there was a real impactful time on that day. And I think it was just one day, right, that I was there, I think. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't stay. Um, so... <laughs> But there was something I said to you. I don't know if you remember. I this. do. And and that's kind of where I was. I wonder if we remember it the same way. So backstory too, right? Like these, for those of you who aren't familiar with these events, it's a one day. Typically the way we do it is a one day event. Um, the room was full of women. To be honest, Rick, I think you're the first man to ever attend an actual retreat. While we've had men at the village and different workshops and things like that, um, you were there really just as a fly on, on the wall. You have this great ability to just camouflage into where you are. And as a videographer, I mean, you're way more than that, right? But like as somebody who's there trying to like capture that, it's really important to me to not... Um, you know, to not mess with the integrity of the space and make people feel unsafe because it's a very vulnerable day anyway. And you've got these people, I mean, throughout the day we cried, we laughed, we transformed, you know, and here you are running around filming all of this. And it's like, no one even like knew that you were there um, or noticed, I guess. Yeah. It's like, it's challenging to have a camera and not have people act weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's kind of one of the things I've learned. You know, I was with Armstrong a little over five years. Um, and, and just one of the things I learned was how to make or at least help 
right. whoever's in front in front of the camera be, be more, more comfortable, comfortable yep. with with me being behind the camera. And so, you know, a lot of that just is being friendly and, and being approachable and, and being understanding and gentle yeah. with people. And, you know, I think, you know, you had such a good group anyway that it was just kind of that, that it was easy to yeah. do that. And everybody was just like, all right, this is cool. Just really open to it. And, yeah. and I think, too, that group of people are very confident in who they are, or, you know, who they were at the time. So to feel just that sense of just completely being okay with it. Yeah. But I do recall a moment that was pivotal to me. I'm not sure if you're referring to the same moment or not, but I remember you and I discussing at some point having this one-off conversation and you said something along the lines of um, about us doing God's work. And I can't remember exactly. Do you? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it is. And, and how I remember it, in which we could both be right or we could both yeah. be wrong. <laughs> but how I remember it is coming up to you, and it was just after a really powerful moment, and there was some sort of break that everybody was taking. Yeah. And I remember just kind of coming up to you and saying, you know, wow, God, God's really smiling down on what you're doing here. Yes. And, uh, and I just I felt that overwhelming sense of feeling yeah. that, like, God's presence and God's just love there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just, it was, it was just, you, there's no way I could have not told you that it was that strong and apparent to me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I remember yeah. I do. I do. Like, I remember that moment of, um, I mean, that blew me away because that was the first time I'd ever been told something like that. And, I think it's also a result of you being there at the event, but not so like engulfed with the, with the event that you were able to have this like different perspective, you know, and you were able to witness kind of what was occurring and witness that, um, that presence or, or that energy or whatever, and, and just kind of relay that. And that honestly, Rick, we've never really talked about it. Right. But that shifted something for me from a sense of, it gave me this like extra layer of purpose and integrity to be like, wow, you know, we're not just getting together and, you know, bullshitting, you know, we're not just sitting around here and not doing anything. There's, there's something to this and these people's lives are being impacted, you know, one way or another. And I started to approach my work differently after that conversation, whether you know that or not. No, I didn't know that. And, yeah. and, you know, make no mistake, you had church. There, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 1 million percent. Mm-hmm. You know, you had church, you were, you were, and, and just so that, so that everybody kind of understands, like there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of like maintenance and self-care being done right. to these ladies, uh, in, in this, in this situation, a lot of, um, just kind of, you know, dealing with junk kind of right. thing. You know what I mean? And right. there was a lot of healing happening there. And to me, that's that's what that's church. You're having church. It is church. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, you know, you may not be, or you may be. I don't know. A pastor. I know you're ordained. <laughs> so, <laughs> was, am I allowed to Reverend. say that? You're Reverend. Reverend. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, because you offered to do my wedding. <laughs> So, so I'm pretty sure, yeah, you've got some credentials, right? Yeah. But that, uh, even if you didn't. Right. It's, it's just, and does that, does that matter? No. Right? Like, like, does it? To somebody it does. To somebody it does. But 
but but does it matter to god i don't know well it will we ever you know will we ever in this lifetime probably not um there's certain things that when i come back with that i'm not sure right kind of answer you know it's kind of like well then why am i wasting my energy trying to argue about it right um am i sure whether or not you had church there yeah absolutely you know am i sure whether or not you need to be reverend or pastor to minister to people i don't know that it matters i don't know that it matters and to be quite honest i don't need to know exactly what i what i know is what i felt Mm -hmm. and what i experienced and that was what was true and what was real in that moment well and and that's why we're here like that's what a credible source is to me you know it's like could we have all of these and, and taking it zooming out outside of our our current conversation it's mm-hmm. just like you know sure you can be a phd sure you can have this credential that credential whatever but in your heart you know is that who you are and my pastor you know personally talks about things being a heart issue you know a heart thing all the time it's like you can say and do and maybe even act and behave accordingly a lot of the times but in your heart you know where where does all of that really lie? And one of our um, girls who attend the village regularly, she actually was so blown away one day at, it was a retreat or a village meeting or something. And she was like, Becca, like the spirit, like the Holy Spirit moves freely here. She's like, I don't know how to explain it other than this is a place where it's church, you know, it's this, this space that there's no um, boundary or limits or there's no resistance to allowing God to do what God knows needs done. And I feel like it's a <laughs> it's been apparent in the rapid transformation and evolution with these women. It's just like if we could all release that resistance and let God work in our lives more regularly, it's like what other miracles could happen and how much faster could they happen? So, and it's like people may hear this and, and talk, you know, you're talking about like God, what was the phrase you used? God, you said God moving or something like that. What did you Where say? spirit moves freely is yeah. what Sasha said. Yeah. But, but doesn't it, it's just like to somebody who's, who doesn't understand that lingo. Yeah. Doesn't it, does, that sounds complicated. Sure. I guess it could. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's not. No. That's the thing. And, and really a lot of what it comes down to is just finding who you are and, and just being that and doing that. Right. And again, that may sound complicated because right. who am I? Right. Do, how do I know I am who I am? How do right. I know how I'm acting is who I actually am? You know, and that's, you know, again, one of those things that that's on you to figure out yourself. But I think so much the, the whole term of like, you know, letting God do something or, or God said this mm-hmm. or, you know, is just so overcomplicated that really it doesn't it doesn't need to be yeah you know i think more than anything though too maybe a better word is it's foreign to people and i know that was in my case like it was just foreign verbiage that i kind of overcomplicated in my head but then when i had somebody who could really break it down for me i'm like wow i was really making that a lot harder than it had to be yeah yeah absolutely you know, it's just yeah not that big of a deal. So like, do you want to go there? Um, as I've gotten to know you, you've shared with me bits and pieces of you being pretty, you know, affiliated with the church in the past and just your journey as this, 
I don't know, I'm going to just say like this unconventional Christian or yeah. like, I, I don't really know how to. Yeah. It's certainly unconventional now. If, <laughs> if, if you would have known me then, yeah, I was, I looked, it was very cookie cutter, very faceless, very, you know, follow the pack kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I spent uh, 14, almost 15 years in a, in a leadership role at a, at a non-denominational church. That's a long time. Long time. Uh, uh, that was, um, you know, if you look at my adult life, mm-hmm. it's, that was more like formative years too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, um, yeah. So t- uh, I'm just trying to do some quick math, you know, basically from, from the time I was 21 to about the time I was, um, 34, 35. Right. So you, when you look at your adult years, right. you know, that's, that's like all of them, all of them, over half <laughs> of right, them. Right. Right. And, uh, so, you know, and, and my experience there was, uh, was, uh, overall, if I had to give it a word, it would, it, it would be, yeah, it impacted me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I, w- I, I stayed there for a long time because there was so much good. Um, but you know, as, as you learn and as you grow, I, I started to feel, um, awakened to things that, um, that I just, I, you know, you start to question like, well, why, why do we do, um, why in a, in a, in a church like this, do we do, when we do praise and worship with Mm -hmm. music, why, why do we do, someone can relate to this. Why do we do three songs, three fast songs and two slow songs? Right. Right. You know, then, then right after that, then we usually take up an offering and then, you know, you do communion and, and you, and then the preacher goes up and talks way longer than they should. Um, you know, it's like, and then you go home. And yeah, you feel good. Mm-hmm. You feel real good about it. And it actually equips you for the week. It does. Um, and you get in that culture. Yeah. And you, you begin to rely on that food mm-hmm. each week. Mm-hmm. And it's good. And it was good. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Until I realized that there, we weren't, we're not growing. We're not reaching anybody. Yeah. We've got our group, and we have some people to pop in and, and, and flirt with the idea. Yeah. But then just as quickly, they're, they're on to the next, you know, I used to call them back in the day. I used to call them, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the words that was like a, a cliche, not a cliche word, like a, a trendy word mm-hmm. was, you know, you talked about revival. Right. And they probably still talk about it. Sure. And... You know, I, I, there was all these revival chasers, mm-hmm. you know, and um, we probably know some of the same people. And, and you know, they would come and they would get the warm fuzzies or they'd get goosebumps. Right. And then they'd be gone. And it was almost like they were coming for entertainment, to entertain something on the inside. Mm-hmm. But not really, not saying that they're not upstanding citizens or they're, they're doing the right things. Right, right. It's just the the purpose or yeah. the, like the intent. So before we, cause I'm now I'm thinking about all kinds of stuff. Let's talk about, let's like reverse for somebody who maybe is listening and isn't affiliated or has never been affiliated with a church. My question would be, and, and this is something I've been experiencing as well, but prior to you 
going to church for the first time, you know, or being affiliated with, with maybe that particular church, or if you bounced around churches, I'm not sure, you know, over that time frame, um, where were you in your life that made you feel like I'm like, I'm, I'm seeking for something and maybe the answer is there. Like, can you put yourself back in that time frame of like what even made you go in the first place? Because I know a lot of people who come to the village, but I know that we're reaching way more people than that. At least that's my hope. We're all seeking something and trying to pinpoint what makes us believe, because I feel like this is where our conversation's going, is obliterating the idea that what you're searching for is going to be found within any four walls. To put myself where I was then, um, you know, I was, I, was, I was a good kid, you know. Um, I, I think I just was, I think I just was convinced that, you know, I, I'm not, there's more to life than what I'm experiencing right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I always had a, a reverence for God and, and, and my parents as well did, but we never, we never went to church. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to Bible vacation Bible school when I was a kid, but that was the extent of me going to church. And so, you know, I, I always, um, there was always a reverence there for mm-hmm. God. And, um, you know, one of my friends, uh, his, his mom was very, uh, involved in her church and you know we would go on easter and and all that stuff and and i really i liked it and we both my friend and i we both kind of had a, a spiritual awakening around the same time mm-hmm. and that was kind of like where it kind of ignited and then we kind of went our separate ways as far as churches and you know i landed in a church um you know the church i was at for all that time so i didn't really jump i was right. i was in one place okay for all those times and you know not that there's anything wrong with you know, exploring and going to other places either. That's just, right. I got, I felt I got everything I needed there and I, I developed uh, relationships and, and family there. So that's kind of where I was. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just, I, I was instantly attracted to the fact that there was purpose, you know, like as a 18, 19, 20, 21 year old, you know, right. Like to hear that there's actually a reason for us being here mm-hmm. was pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty cool. Um, you know, uh, 2001, you know, was when nine 11 happened. I was 18. You know, you start to like, think like, what, um, well, what is, what, what's going on here? Right. You know what I mean? You day to day. I don't know if you, you remember that you're younger than me. Oh, I remember though. But yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know, but like day to day, you, you didn't know if something else was going to happen. Right. right. You didn't know if, you know, you didn't know if you're going to be attacked or go somewhere mm-hmm. and there was going to be a bomb go off and you were going to die. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that when I think back, I, I feel like that's kind of, you know, knowing that a number one, I would have some purpose. Right. Number two, kind of facing my own mortality, mm-hmm. knowing that, okay, well, if there really is a heaven, mm-hmm. I, I would like to, to get to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of what drew me to that. I think to answer your question. Yeah, I think that I think that like a lot of other people we you were maybe experiencing this this part of like hey, I want to contribute. I feel like any decent person wants to contribute in some way and people when they go through difficult things find themselves looking for something that's going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Just to completely like water it down. But 
we have a choice, you know, to be, and, and this relates a lot to safety, you know, the work that I do in yeah. safety. We say a lot of the times we can be proactive or we can be reactive. You know, we can do preventative maintenance on our tools or we can wait until they break down and hurt somebody to actually fix it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that has a lot to do with, with our faith and our belief system and just getting to know who we are and what we are and what we stand for and all of these things, how they just all like entangle in this like big, you know, what might look like a mess. Mm -hmm. Um, But just trying to determine when you get there, to this place that you think is going to save you or get involved in this purpose that you think is one thing. And then, you know, years later or months later, if it's sooner, you know, you realize that it's kind of like a, like it's smoke and mirrors and you ask yourself what you're left with. I mean, we could, we could compare this to, drug and alcohol use, you know, you have a, I mean, I've been there, you know, you have a terrible couple of days or day and you go and you just get completely annihilated and you wake up the next morning and your problem's still there. You know, you, you probably feel even worse at this point. And I think that there's my personal opinion, there's a lot of irresponsible churches or leaders out there that are not necessarily shepherding people, you know, hurting people into maybe what is the best direction for them or, or should any of us be doing that anyway? So I guess where I'm really conflicted and convicted right now is what is that purpose? You know, when we enter these places of feeling a sense of belonging, is that our ego just telling us like, wow, it's so great to have all of these humans support and validation when I feel like sometimes right out the gate, the luster or, you know, whatever we want to call it of, of this, um, emotional, I'm not really sure what the term is, but just this like emotional entertainment, this fluff that we see in in some of today's churches. And I'm not just saying church in general, but, you know, even if we think of other organizations that we belong to, or, you know, whether it's a career or something like that, we're, we're sold on one thing only to find out after the honeymoon phase that it's something completely different. And that's scary to me, you know, so not really sure where I'm going here with this right now, but where I'm really being challenged is to determine, you know, what is, my purpose when it comes to how I belong to my church and what feels good to me to help lead others in a way that isn't going to look good for Becca or isn't going to look good for our offering plate or isn't going to look good for our Facebook page. But, to you know, using what you said, if there is a heaven, you know, right, like how do I get there and how do I ensure that other people know that good news, you know? Yeah, I think, and something I subscribe to in life is it's more about the journey than the destination. And that's something I've learned over my time of being in faith is that, yeah, there's a really awesome destination. Mm -hmm. But if you focus on that destination, you're going to step on all over good people on the way there. And, And there's so much about the journey 
that preps you for that destination that if you're if you pay a close enough attention the journey is pretty pretty freaking fun i know i and feel pretty that. amazing yeah and um and then the icing on the cake maybe is the destination sure you know there's that's a great perspective one of the you know one of the things that would um always i always was confused by the viewpoint of people that are just like so stressed and they say, oh, I just can't wait for, I can't wait for Jesus to come back or the rapture to happen. <laughs> so we just get all swept up. And I'm thinking, you, I, he might not want your negative ass up there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no offense. I know. But I know. like, it's, it's quite possible that, uh, yeah, you know, maybe, right. uh, maybe I'll get you on the next ride. <laughs> you know, what I, because like, really that's, it's not, a, I mean, ultimately, we were given this earth suit, this body, right? This this personality, our brain, our all of our giftings, mm-hmm. you know, um, everything we've been given is not just so that we can. It's not just the vehicle to get us. There. I believe I totally get that. There's yeah. such a purpose for us to be here and doing right. what we're doing, right? And you know that always just kind of cracked me up. That it was like you know. Who's to say you're going when that happens? You know what I mean? You think just because you went in and, and said some prayer that you memorized? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, maybe, but I don't know. Yeah, and and just I feel like a relationship with God can be so, just so much easier. And, I, and I'm experiencing this with a lot of people is that there are, there's this intimidation around the church and fear around the church. And really, you know, when it comes to, oh, I I don't know that prayer. I don't know that song. Or, you know, there's this time, that time, this place, that place. I have to dress up. I have to dress down. I, you know, it was just what all of these things, it's just a disaster. You know, when the, the church can be anywhere, like you and I right now, like here we are, you know, we're, we're, we're the church, the local church. Yeah village meetings, mm-hmm. um, you know, mommy groups, you know, just people getting together and, and witnessing and, and sharing their testimonies and just like life is church. Yeah. And I will say that, like you mentioned earlier, having this regimen or routine, you know, does help to, I can't remember how you said it exactly, but sustain you, mm-hmm. I guess, through the week. And it's fuel. It's, it it's fuel, and it, and it helps to lift you up by being around other like-minded people. But we have to remember that's, I think, just how humans work anyway. And whether you want to, you know, really be dedicated to um, working out, you know, it helps if you're meeting with running buddies literally three times a week, you know. So what's different spiritually? What's different you know, with a Bible study or something like that. So I think that kind of helps me take the edge off because sometimes it can just be so intimidating to like go to church where, you know, yeah, you meet in this building, but for me, what really matters is what's within the building and and who the people are that I'm and whether or not I resonate with them or feel safe enough with them, you know, to express myself. Yeah, it's it's a it's such a weird dynamic because there's so many learned behaviors and traditions mm-hmm. that surround church. Yeah, with my air quotes I put up. You know, <laughs> like nobody can see me. I, I saw. Forgot. Yeah, you saw. <laughs> but like, there's so many weird things that like, 
okay, you know, we're going to, we got to, we got to preach the Bible. You know I mean? We got to talk about what's in the Bible mm-hmm. and, and no compromise on that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, but we'll do that again, back to my original point after we do our same routine that we do every week. Right. Prior to the pastor getting up and, and talking a lot. That may or may not be in the Bible. It's not. Probably. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, the one I gave, the the example I gave earlier, which I was in right. for a lot of time, you, you can't find like uh, that, that format anywhere in the Bible. I mean, that some man thought that up and um, <laughs> you know, so, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to worship that. Right. We won't deviate from that. Right. You know what I mean? Which has nothing to do with the Bible. Mm-hmm. But then when we get up there, we feel the need to like call out people who, you know, um, I'll just, you know, we're being real here. We will call out people who are gay mm-hmm. as if, you know, that's a bigger problem right. than the fact that you overeat when you leave here <laughs> and go to the buffet. Right, 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 right. You know, the fact that you can't give up, you know, drinking sugary soda right. is somehow different right. than something that, you know, hey, I'm... I, any sin. I just, you know, unfortunately, the, for whatever reason, pastors like to get up there and, and hit that that button talking right. about right. how, you know, homosexuality. And I'm just like, man, that's, it's just so far off and so mm-hmm. like. Like there's nothing. And, and my point with things is like there's nothing else biblically in the Bible you know, like that we could spend our time focusing on. Like there, Like there's no other information that is more worthy or valuable with lifting people up. You know, you have people there who are dedicating their time. And I know that just, I don't know that I could deal with a situation where all of the messages were negative. I mean, I enjoy being challenged in my faith. I enjoy being reminded of, you know, what the scripture says, but to to be showing up in a place of leadership, um, I'm not saying that we should necessarily not discuss the hard things, but what I've witnessed just in my own experience is then we're, regardless of, of what the topic is, I feel like they're then straddling the line of this, like being on a pedestal and Hey, here's what I say goes. And the more they go on in that message where they're talking way too much, they're getting further and further away from what the Bible says. And it's more and more of what they're, you know, my, my pastor actually said in a sermon recently, recently, he's like, you know, in second opinions, verse three, (laughs) and I'm like, that's so good because it makes me feel less crazy as I'm cross referencing different things. And I'm like, wow, the things that I innately felt uncomfortable with actually aren't anywhere to be found or, you know, wow, that was way off from what is actually, if we're talking specifically about the Bible, that's like way off what I ever knew or learned or, you know, as far as um, traditions go and things that are required of certain faiths and things like that, that never really sat right with me. I'm like, okay, this is all starting to slowly click together. So I guess I want to pull it back to a little bit and just say like, if this is heavy or deep for people who 
aren't regular, you know, churchgoers or haven't found themselves in this, in this predicament before. It's just, um, church can look a lot of different ways. And if it doesn't feel good to you, that's okay. There probably is somewhere where it, it does feel completely good for you. And it's just a matter of where you are in that journey that is, you know, really unique to your faith and your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can say, you know, my, I, I'm closer with God mm-hmm. at this point in my life than I've ever been. And, you know, my, my family and I, I've, I've got a beautiful fiance, soon to be wife. Um, I have three daughters and we, every night do, we call it our prayer circle. Oh, that's cool. And we just sit in the living room mm-hmm. and we go around in the circle and we started off just, what would you like prayer for? And mm-hmm. we would go around and we would, you pray for the person to your right. You just go around and, but then around Thanksgiving, I added, I want every night someone to say one thing they're grateful for. Yeah. And then uh, one thing that they would like prayer for. And you would not believe the prayers that have been answered through this prayer circle. Wow. I mean, I can't think of one that hasn't been. Wow. And it's so cool because the kids see it yeah. and the kids come home and it's just something crazy. Like I don't want to do drills in gym class today. <laughs> and then they come home the next day and they're like, something happened. We didn't have to do drills in gym class Get today. Out. I mean, like I'm telling you, yeah. like God hears our prayers yeah. and we're having church every night. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. Like if, if we, if I say something like, man, I'm tired, I think I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah. And they're, and you know, Miriam, usually my, my, um, She's she's ten. Mm-hmm. She'll say, well, "Are we doing the prayer circle?" That's and, so sweet. And it's just like, "Oh yeah, we are. We are." I just yeah. said, "I'm tired." You know, like as well, soon as you say something that makes them think that we're not doing that, yeah, because their faith's activated. And what's cool about it too is it's a really neat way to hear about their day. Yeah, because they kind of will say, "Well, you know, like well, you know," and they'll just talk about their day, and mm-hmm. it's a whole lot better than how was your day? Yeah, good, Dad. Yeah, it's like tell me something you're grateful for, yeah. and they'll tell me a story about school. That's awesome. And it's just like, it's been such a cool way to connect. And it's like, man, 15 years in the church, mm-hmm. I never did anything like that. And I'm not saying like everybody just, you know, stop going to church. Right, what right. I'm saying is, um, and I think my our whole point in talking today mm-hmm. is that really there's this imaginary box that exists mm-hmm. that you can actually exist outside of mm-hmm. and and still remain healthy and still remain in the presence of God until you find your pack. Like yeah. I haven't found my spiritual pack yet. Right. Um, I got my girls, my right. family, right. you know what I mean? That's my, and who's to say that's not your pack. It might be my pack, you know? Yeah, it, it is right now. I know right. that for sure. Right. So, so, you know, it's, but an out of the box thing will be, oh, well, you know, like, well, we need to get back in church. Mm-hmm. And you know, when, when in reality church is in you, right. You know, you don't need to get in anything. Right. You need to understand that the church is on the inside of you. Yeah. You know, when, when you have have this connection with God and with the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's just really, really neat because um, it's just, it's fun. It's like a highlight of our day, even though I'm tired. And there's yeah. days where I'm just like, I don't feel like doing this right, tonight. Right. But then don't you know, like by the end, I'm just like, I feel good. I'm yeah. like energized. I'm happy. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's so, so funny. And, um. Yeah, and and the kids just love it. Well, so. I love that you say that. 
I don't even know if you realized you said it, but that their faith is activated. Um, have you seen that like clip? Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit. Somebody listening knows this. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of glad I haven't seen it. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's so <laughs> funny. So my kids and I will say it. And uh, I don't know if it was on TikTok or what it was, but I think it was on, what's the, the show that Steve Harvey hosts now? Family, is it Family Feud or? The game show? The game show. Yeah, Family Feud. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a clip of this woman who's about to play and she's like, hold on a second. And she's saying that, Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. And then she's like, okay, okay, let's go. (laughs) And like, this is like an extremely, like it went viral. And a lot of people are like, just having a a field day with this, actually. There's a lot of, as you can imagine, negative comments and, you know, things like that. But um, it's a good way to put it about your faith being activated because it does energize you and it does anchor you. And, you know, I read somewhere before, it was just basically challenging me to think about, it was like, you know, how can you be so alert for, you know, you, you sit there and binge watch like seven episodes on Netflix and then you get tired and you roll into bed and you barely have enough energy to pray. And it's like, what if you brought that same fire to your prayer life? Like what could happen? And that's something that, again, you know, my pastor challenges us with a lot. He's very practical and he's just like, you know, what have you, what have you actually like pray, like prayed for lately? Are you just like spitting out these, and I'm paraphrasing him now, but you know, and in Becca's words, like, are you just glazing over the top the same prayer that you've said forever? Are you just regurgitating prayers that you maybe have memorized? Or are you really leaning on, um, leaning on God and and trusting God with these things that you know that you deserve, you know, that he wants to give you, you know, just different things like that. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting because I know that I'm a lukewarm prayer you know, prayer sometimes. And there are times where I'm just like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> um, so I know that it seems like you have something to say too, but like the next, the next little part of our conversation, I'd like to talk about what prayer maybe looks like for somebody who is like, you know, the prayer might be something that I could, you know, that doesn't require me to go anywhere or do anything. So, um, Whenever you're ready, I w- I'd like to kind of jump into that if yeah. you didn't have another thought. No, first. no, that's good. Um, you know, I um, I don't want the, the misconception to come off that I'm anti-church by any means because if if I hadn't spent the time in the church that I did, I wouldn't know how to lead my family in a prayer circle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, maybe even, I, I know I wouldn't have the connection with God that I do. Right. So, so there's, you know, I am eternally grateful Um literally yeah. for well for I'm glad that you said that too though because I think just like anything else a, a university you know taking an online class something like that I know that I don't have the information within me right now to even begin to understand what I am reading in the Bible or things that I am experiencing like in my life so what I love about going to church is that I get my questions answered I learn like I'm this student and I can't imagine um I can't imagine spending 15 years, you know, that's the equivalent of like how many degrees, you know what I mean? Like how much information and how much weeding out of things that you've done, how much you've experienced. So 
That is a good point. And if someone's maybe like intimidated or overwhelmed with the thought of like, how do I do a prayer circle coming from your perspective of like, you've probably led many prayer circles and have prayed with and over many people and just, you know, all of that experience that you have. But it doesn't mean that you don't have maybe more to learn or contribute, you know, when you find somewhere else. Yeah. I don't get too worked up about spiritual stuff um, because of what I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've seen a guy slithering around on the floor like a snake because he has a demon in him. You know what I mean? And it probably sounds like insane to some people, Mm but 100%, if you know me, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just not like fooled by anything. Yeah. 100% real. You know what I mean? I've seen, um, I've seen, uh, you know, cancer be healed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You go from one extreme to the other. Right. You know, I've seen people who... I mean, there's so much that I can't even remember. Mm-hmm. I've probably forgotten more right. than, you know, a lot of people see. Right. And, you know, so so knowing that, like, I'm sitting in the hot tub with, you know, Katrina, my fiance, and my best friend Jason and his wife, and we're having some drinks, and um, and all of a, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Christy, she complains about her, um, her ankles hurting mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And you know, like this is, I just wanted to share this, not because like I'm so cool or whatever. Right. But because well, you are, because like, you are really cool. Well, thanks so. for that. Yeah. But <laughs> you'd be cooler with the frosted tips, but I, I agree. <laughs> I'll have to find that picture. My family got a, such a huge kick out of that picture. So Katrina's like, you gotta get them frosted tips back. And she says, but um, your frosted tips, her club and jeans. I know. Oh my God. Those club and jeans are dangerous. Um, so so I, I, um, you know, I've got like a, I don't know, Miller light or something in my left hand. Yeah. And, um, and Christy, Jason's wife's to my right. And I said, is it all right, Jason, if I just touch Christy's ankle, I want to pray for her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like real quick. And it wasn't like anything I had like rehearsed or anything I had memorized. Right. Really just like connecting with Jesus and just saying that, you know, I just, you know, not really like. God, would you heal her? Mm-hmm. Because I believe like when we pray, mm-hmm. it's not like a lucky rabbit's foot that you carry around. Right. You know what I mean? God has a will, mm-hmm. but what has to happen, you know, the Bible says we're, we're two or more are gathered. There I am in the midst of them. Mm-hmm. What has to happen? Somebody has to agree with God. Yeah. You know what I mean? So all I do is I come and I take agreement with God. God wants her healed. Mm-hmm. So I lay my hand on her ankle and I mean like, just three seconds pray. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, go try it. Mm-hmm. Stand up. Mm-hmm. You know, so she gets out of the hot tub and she's walking around and it doesn't hurt anymore. This angle has been bothering her for like days. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, that she's blown away by it. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, well, that's just how this works. Right. Just very like matter of fact, this yeah. is normal. This Sometimes is- it is. Right. And you right. just have to know, you have to be able to just kind of, and I have just a lot of muscle memory from that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I've prayed for a lot of people you know, and, um, and I've seen a lot of results, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's funny because, you know, I still suffer from migraines to this day. You know, I wish I could just like touch my own head right, and heal it, but that's a whole, right. My head needs a lot more healing than migraines. (laughs) So I think it's interesting that you share that though, because something that I've run into as I've been exploring different places and, you know, trying to find my pack as we're referring to is I also have seen some pretty remarkable things 
whether it's um, demonic or miraculous. And what I think is really interesting, and maybe this is for another day, but what I think is really interesting is churches generally don't like to to put too much weight in either one of those things. It's almost like we want to um, pretend maybe that that demonic side isn't as real as it is and maybe tone down some of the miracles because we don't want everyone to expect it. You know, we like everyone can't expect that that should happen to them. Um, and it's, it's interesting because coming back to, to maybe your point about, you know, we're going to speak biblically for a 45 minute message and point out all of the things that we're doing wrong as sinners, but we're going to really stick to this ceremony or traditions that are not Bible. Um, you know, those, those demonic and miraculous things are very much all, uh, they are the Bible. And yet, we, I, I feel like some churches shy away from their existence, you know, which conflicts me tremendously and like, and borderline like traumatizes me because it makes me believe sometimes like, did what is, did what I witnessed, like, is what I witnessed actually not real because nobody's talking about it. And I think that that might also be part of where people get confused because you do witness these things. You do witness good and bad and sometimes we go into this cookie cutter church of unicorns and rainbows, but then we're also like <laughs> being, you know, condemned and like just escorted to hell because of all the bad things we're doing. So I don't know if you can make any sense out of that mess or maybe your advice over just being around somewhere and all of those people I would imagine you've encountered over, you know, that. 15 year time frame of like, you know, what would you say to the person who is just so lost? Because that's sometimes how I feel. I'm like, why is nobody acknowledging that, that this stuff is actually real and exists and that there's a spiritual realm and there's a physical realm and, you know, we're, we're like in between it. I feel like the answer to that is because it's risky. It's, yeah. it, it was a risk for me to sit there while, you know, we're having some drinks in a hot tub, probably one in the morning. Mm -hmm. And it was a risk for me to just kind of interrupt what was probably a pretty carnal, worldly, whatever you want to call it, conversation mm -hmm. to pray. Yeah. And it was even an even bigger risk than to ask right then, does it feel better? Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't let her off the hook. I'm like, don't you just say that to make me feel better? Right. Does it really feel better? Yeah, it feels better. Okay, well then like push on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I want proof. Mm -hmm. And like, I can do that. I feel comfortable doing that because they're my, they're my best friends. Right. If I miss it, I miss it, you know, but I think there's, there's an image that goes along with being a leader mm -hmm. in that atmosphere and that religious atmosphere, that, that Christian church at whatever you want to call it. Right. Being a leader, there's, there's risk involved with acknowledging mm -hmm. things that, um, you know, those things, right. There's, there's, you know, there's a, there's a risk involved because you might, you might not look like you have all the answers. Yeah. And maybe that worries you because you don't want to mislead somebody mm -hmm. or have somebody walk away from God because of you making a mistake. Mm -hmm. So it's much easier just to operate under your own power. Yeah. Control the situation 
and just continue on that way. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is, is it's, that's, there's no life in that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you might keep those people. Mm -hmm. They might continue to come back because it's a safe place or they perceive that they're safe there, but there's no growth. Right. You literally are just incubating then. Right. And, and there's, there's no like end game to that. What a great word it's just like an incubator. It's just like you, yeah. you come in as you are, you leave 40 years later as you are yeah. or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. because and, we're afraid to go where the people are sometimes. Yeah. And you know, the things that are foreign to us, we just chalk them up as, you know, like, look, I, you know, I was, I was so steeped in things that I, I wouldn't listen to any, I would, wouldn't listen to secular music. I would just listen to Christian music. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're led to believe that's evil and then something mm-hmm. can just, and it's laughable now looking at it, but yeah, something will get on you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It'll come in through your ears and then it's going to influence you. And then before you know it, you're going to be shooting up with heroin. If mm-hmm. you listen to ACDC, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like what a, what a crock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but God can use whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. If God wants to use ACDC, mm-hmm you know, highway to hell mm-hmm. to make you realize you don't want to go to hell. Right. He's going to do it. That can happen. And, and who are you to tell me that, that who are, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's, that's where I'm talking about this box. You know what I mean? And, and I think prayer is just simply to go back to the prayer thing. Um, I've always, not always, but I've learned that again, through what I've learned in the church, um, which has been great that um, really prayer is not about, about going to God with a list of, with my grocery list. Right. You know, I need hamburger buns. I need hot dogs. I need, you know, mashed potatoes. I need mac and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you know, God, if, if you just want to give me craft mac and cheese, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I'd really like to have that, that uh, Velveeta or whatever, you know what I mean? They're like the high class stuff, but you know, God in your infinite wisdom, if you just want to give me craft, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not a victim. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. can you imagine your kid? Like, I, I equate it like how my children talk to me. You mentioned earlier, you said I'm a, I might be a lukewarm prayer. Yeah. And I'm like thinking, well, you know what? Like, do you ever feel like your kids are a lukewarm child when they come up to you and maybe aren't as energetic or excited to see you and they just... Yeah. Maybe they're tired. Yeah. Maybe they're a little cranky. Right. Do you right. love them any less? No. And God doesn't yeah. love us any less. Exactly. That's he, a good way to he, look he, at it. He, look, we don't have to, my kids never, ever have to ask if they can come to my dinner table. Mm-hmm. When they actually ask me when dinner is, mm-hmm. they ask me, well, what are you making? Yeah. Or what's Katrina making? <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. for dinner? When is it? I'm hungry. You got anything I can eat now? Mm-hmm. You know, they're not sitting there waiting and asking, oh God, can I come to your table? That's not what prayer is about. What prayer is about is literally, you know, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, how do you do that? Do you just constantly, are you constantly, dear God, dear God, as you're walking everywhere, you're in the bathroom, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you're taking a poop. <laughs> are you just in there praying? Yeah. You know, right. you might be, that might be some of your best prayer time. I don't know. But put yourself in the most weird situation yeah. and think about prayer without <laughs> ceasing. Prayer is not what comes out of your mouth. It's, it's a position, it's a position of your heart. Mm -hmm. That's how you pray without ceasing. Your heart's always in a, in a mode of, I want to connect with God's heart. Mm -hmm. And when there's a connection made, when we agree, because I can't convince God of anything. Right. 
what? Like, you know, like I'm not like if you pray for somebody more, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, can you imagine, have you ever thought about this? Can you imagine, you know, and, and God bless people on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. It's, you know, it's great and terrible both at the same time. Yeah. But like, you know, when they, please pray for such and such, or please pray for me. And it's like, it's almost like the more likes you get and the more prayers you get, like God's just like, well, uh, that's only, you only got 20. Yeah. Not going to do it. You got to at least get, it's like, you know, these, hey mom on TikTok, how many, hey mom, how many uh, likes do I need to get a a PS5? Right. Well, 10,000. You've seen these TikToks, right? Right. God's not like that. Yeah. You're not going to, I'm, I'm just here to tell you, you're not convincing God of anything. Mm-hmm. You're not going to wear God down. Mm-hmm. What you, what needs to happen is God wants your best. He wants your highest and best. He, he has everything actually planned out. Mm-hmm. What the goal is, is to get on the same page with him. Mm-hmm. And then when you pray, then you see stuff happen like that because mm-hmm. you're not asking like, you know, obviously God doesn't want me to have a million dollars because I don't have a million dollars. You know <laughs> what I mean? Right. So what does God want me to have? Right. I had to go and find out. Mm-hmm. And then boom, things start happening. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's all about, it's it's less about trying to convince God and talk him into something. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to, you know, uh, you're a kid and you're trying to talk your parents into letting you, you know, go rent a video game or something. Right. You used to do that. Yeah. It has nothing to do with wearing God down. Or how many people are praying has everything to do with coming into agreement with what he wants Mm -hmm. and understanding that ultimately he's, he's the man, he is it. Mm -hmm. And so even if I'm missing it with what I'm asking for, I know God's still got this. Mm -hmm. When your heart's positioned like that, to me, that's prayer. Yeah. That's, that's the connection. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, that's why, and I don't, I'm not saying I get everything I pray for or I ask for because I don't, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not perfect with this, but I, I understand that I'm pretty sure that's how this works. And yeah. it's really actually not that hard Yeah. when you, when you look at it, you know, it's, it, you make it hard when you're praying for the wrong things mm-hmm. because it's just like, yeah, it feels like a fight. It does. It feels like you're banging your head against the wall because you yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you like. Because you haven't yet submitted yourself to the idea that maybe you're not the end all you know maybe you're not the one that's in control and a lot of people I think have expressed to me that they find it really hard to surrender or open their hearts or pray or whatever and I'm like wow really because I've experienced an extreme relief when I took that pressure off of me where I'm like, you know, for some people it might seem crazy the way that I live my life where I'm just walking around like palms up, just like, what are we doing? Where are we going? You and I were having this conversation yesterday about some of these places that I end up and it's just so random, but I'm like, I'm just following the breadcrumbs. You know, I understand that I'm not the person leaving the, like there's a trail ahead of me. There's a a plan, you know, something is laid out that's not mine. And it's really just up to me to be awake and aware. And for me, prayer is like, God, show me, like I am expressing my willingness to, to work with you. Like I'm, I'm not here demanding that I want that Velveeta. It's just like, as long as I get to eat today, you know, like your will be done because I've just, 
I've just realized through my life experience that no matter how hard I try to make any particular thing work, uh, it just, it just won't. And things do and have opened up so much more, even though it can seem so illogical or insignificant or like I'm making a really hard left or a terrible decision. I'm just like, you know, this is where God's pointing me. This is where, this is the obvious next step. This is something that I clearly have to do. And I think too that the more you do pray and surrender and build that relationship, it just becomes more of a conversation. You know, instead of, this is just kind of coming to me as I'm talking, but instead of like maybe at first when you experience this, it's kind of like sending an email where, you know, I email God today and uh, maybe it takes a week to hear back and, and it's really choppy and, you know, we're missing some words and punctuation and whatever. And then as you build that muscle, you, you know, maybe begin to get phone calls that are a little more regular and real time. And then it's just like, you know, you get that relationship where you feel so comfortable that it's like, it's like a text message, you know, or it's like, Hey, now you're just walking right next to him. And you don't have this big gap in between communication. You know, you're not necessarily waiting. It's just like, hey, I'm walking with you. And where where you go, I go. And if you guys have seen uh, The Shack, yeah, I think it's in The Shack um, when when Jesus teaches the father how to walk on water and then like, a few minutes later, the dad tries to do it by himself, that kind of like cocky ego confidence that I think they were trying to display. Jesus just like reaches out his hand and says like something along the lines of works a lot better when we do this together, doesn't it? (laughs) And I just think that I get reminded of that daily. So yeah. And and I don't, uh, you know, as, as I go on these long things, I I always feel the need to circle back and, and make sure I drive a point home as well that, you know, the Bible does want us to ask. Mm-hmm. The Bible says you have not because you ask not or you ask amiss. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I think that's how you get to that place of understanding what his will is, is just by asking. Yeah. So yes, you do continue to ask. And that's mm-hmm. how you develop that, that, friend, that friendship, that relationship with mm-hmm. him. Just the same way, I, you know, I keep going back to your, you know, the parent-kid, mm-hmm. parent-child relationship because there's not one that mirrors our relationship with God any closer, I don't think. Right. Um, and, you know, your kids, they ask a ton of questions, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, especially in, in those younger years when mm-hmm. they're trying to figure all this out. Mm-hmm. But then as you get closer, they start to understand they ask less. Mm-hmm. As they get older, they ask less. Right. And, um, but then they just kind of, they understand. And it's almost just like they know what, what they can expect. Mm-hmm. Like my kids, they didn't initially, they, they, didn't, they weren't trained to come to the table for dinner. Right. But now they know what time dinner is every day. Right. You know, um, so yeah, God definitely wants you to ask also. And that's how you learn really what his will is so that you can partner with him. It's a relationship. So you can walk side by side with him. Yeah. I love that. So we're kind of like coming up to our, our ending point here. I feel like we could talk for days. Yeah. Um, but before we go, I do want to talk a little bit. So obviously you were at Armstrong. (laughs) Yeah. We were talking about about that. Like, come on, man. (laughs) That's what happens with energy drink, Rick. You never know. know. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> never know. know which direction we're yep. going to take. Yep. Um, 
So at Armstrong, you know, weaving in and out of that was probably about the time you were maybe in, I mean, you had to have been at the church and at Armstrong at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you and I met and, um, throwing our meeting in is this like pivotal time for you? (laughs) Like (laughs) our strong church, you know, then you meet me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was going to say, it's all been downhill since. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not an Armstrong anymore. Everybody spoil it. No. Um, Um, But I do want to talk about just some things you have going on. So we're obviously here. Uh, You want to tell everyone where we're at and, and how exciting it is that we're using this professional uh, podcasting equipment. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so we're at, uh, it's called Ascension Studios in Uniontown, PA. Um, we're actually in a very secluded, unutilized section of Uniontown Mall. Like this area has been closed off for years and years. Yeah. And um, we're in here. So it's um, it's kind of by appointment. We're not like open where you can just walk in anytime. But um, yeah, basically just a little podcast studio in here. And, um, you know, we're, we're kind of getting things rolling and uh, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about doing a podcast or just, you know, want to just come record and not have to mess with, mm-hmm. um, you know, any of your own equipment, you know, it's comfy in here and it sounds good and it's super easy to use the uh, equipment we have. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at here right now. Yeah. And it's awesome too, guys, for those of you who are listening, wanting to, to do this. Um, I tried doing a podcast probably three other times and where I really just could not maintain it was I felt like my equipment wasn't good enough. Honestly, I just felt like, um, and, and not that you need to have good equipment all the time for different things, but if you want to stand out and you want to make it easy and efficient, Rick's got something put together here that it feels really good to just kind of come in and sit down and be me and talking to this cool mic. And every time I sit down, I like lose my mind because the mic sounds so good. <laughs> we, we just have to sit and laugh for like 20 minutes before we can even start recording. But, um, just really leaning on his expertise as I'm trying to reach a new level here. So, you know, I appreciate you with that. And Rick also has his own podcast. I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's new also. And I figured I bought all this equipment. I might as well use it. <laughs> Um, in case nobody else ever does. So uh, now I'm hoping we, you know, things go well here. But uh, yeah, so I started my own show um, and um, just had a couple guests so far. Becca was one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Got some really cool stuff coming up, some stuff I'm really excited about. But Me I, too. Yeah. I can't quite um, let the cat out of the bag just yet. Uh, yeah. But I've got some really, really big guests coming. And um, yeah, just exciting. It's called the Rick Fike Show. It, Imagine you know, that. Super, you know, <laughs> that came from, from, you know, I talk about my family a lot. It came from my family because, you know, Katrina's always fascinated. That's my fiance. She's fascinated by the fact that when people, a lot of people see me, they don't just say, oh, there's Rick. Mm-hmm. They say, hey, Rick Fike. That's just <laughs> what they call me. Funny. <laughs> you know, like Bianca, my stepdaughter, her daughter calls, yeah. doesn't call me Rick. She calls me Rick Fike. <laughs> it's just what she calls me. And, uh, and so like, but we've started to notice that like, that's, that's just, what people call you. That's what they call me. So, you know, I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, why? that's like a pretty easy name. That's what people call me. Show. The Rick Fike show just kind of rolls off the tongue. So, uh, so yeah, it's started. It's been fun. Uh, I really have enjoyed uh, doing it and, and, you know, excited for it's just the beginning, it's just, just the, the beginning, beginning too. Um, so if you guys are interested, go over and find the Rick Fike show on Spotify, Apple podcast, all of that stuff. And, you know, if you do listen, and even if you guys are here listening, please give 
the the show like a comment, a review, uh, yeah, you know, rating, whatever, rating some help. kind of rating. Yep. Um, just anything really helps so that we can continue to reach other people who might be interested in, you know, past episodes or yeah. upcoming episodes. So awesome. Rick, I had a blast. It was fun. It was awesome. We'll have to do this again. Absolutely. Thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. And we'll talk soon. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're interested in learning more about Rick, please check the show notes for links to his podcast, website, some different things he's got going on. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and I will see you in the next episode.